you want to automate the remittances back to the government, whether whatever country you're in, you want to automate the collect the correct calculations. Hey everybody, it's Norm Ferrar, aka The Beard Guy here, and welcome to another Lunch with Norm, the e-commerce and Amazon FBA podcast. In this episode, we're going to be talking about the best ways to manage your cash flow for e-com business. Uh, we're going to be talking about why you should be con uh, cautious with fixed expenses, the importance of getting money uh, before you need it, and the best way to manage your marketing spend. Welcome to another Lunch with Norm, the e-commerce and FBA podcast. Okay, looking forward to this great topic going into 2023, and that's the best way to manage your cash flow for e-commerce businesses. Our guest today is a fractional CFO specializing in e-commerce. He specializes in long-term financial forecasting for e-commerce businesses doing $1 to $9 million in revenue. He spent his entire year in the trenches of small businesses, learning what to uh, what it takes to grow, plan ahead, and keep a business alive and thriving like it should. Our guest today, first time guest, Matt Petruja. Anyways, let's go to a sponsor, and we'll get back to Matt shortly. I want to give a quick shout out to an incredible group of sponsors that help us produce this podcast for you every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Lunch with Norm would not be possible without the support of the following sponsors. Post Purchase Pro, Clear Ads, Goldstein Law, Honu Worldwide, Extreme Power, Jeff Schick Law, Netfluence, Startup Club, and Dragonfish Brand Management. Thank you, and you're awesome. Now back to the- And welcome, Matt. Hey, thank you so much for having me. Hey, Matt, I'm, I'm sorry for- uh, I, things are glitching all the way around today. We've got uh, the snowstorm that's happening. I'm hardwired here showing that I'm getting a gigabyte worth of data. And yet I've hung about three or four times since the beginning of the podcast. So it might be Kelsey uh, coming on and doing the podcast. If, if this, if I start hanging again, well, he seems nice too. He's not as nice as me. <laughs> <laughs> so, Hey, he's got, He's got a smaller beard too. Like yours, like this is like Goldilocks and the Three Bears. You got Kelsey. Yeah. yeah well, yeah. And you, you got you and, and you're just right. So there we go. Thank you so much. <laughs> Tell me, in case people don't know what a fractional CFO does, can you just explain that a bit? Absolutely. So at the very core of what we do is you as a brand over have a mission. We are going to help you resource it. So we're going to keep, we're going to help you finance it. We're going to help you manage it. We're going to help you make a path to, to the scale that you want to get to. Um, we'll put everything in a financial model and just test scenarios. And basically we're trying to make sure that you can get to where you want to go uh, and without running out of money. That's a good thing. And a lot of times, uh, especially, well, you know what? It's not just newer sellers. Mm -hmm. It could be any seller. Mm -hmm. um, I, I've seen large eight-figure companies that haven't done a financial plan properly, mm -hmm. and they're losing money, and they have no idea that they're in a financial crisis until they find out, and usually that's too late. But everybody has to finance their inventory, 
everybody has marketing expenses and there's so many things that come up, especially Amazon expenses and new fees uh, that you really don't know those numbers. And then all of a sudden you think, oh, wow. And this has happened, by the way, uh, to a few of my clients. And we warned them about this. Make sure you have enough money in the bank to, if you get a, a first base hit, second, third, if you get a home run, you've got to finance those orders coming through. Mm -hmm. And one of the companies... I remember, uh, I told it's going to be one of those days. I, I told the person, <laughs> look, um, you know, you have to make sure this is a very popular product. Well, mm -hmm. they sold out almost immediately. They doubled oh. their order, sold out, doubled their order, sold out. This happened four times until wow. he pretty much went under. Really? Yeah, under. And it, this product was a, a, a very good major success at the time. And I ended up buying his inventory and just, wow. you know, just yeah helping them out but um i ended up with a brand and uh, you have to have this stuff properly finances mm -hmm. and you know one of the things i want to talk to you about and maybe we'll go down different rabbit holes but i might be starting bass backwards but where do people not consider where where do they get caught up in having poor cash flow management the number one thing is when where people get caught is you have a good year or a good two years and you're like you know what i'm gonna i'm gonna hire some killers and i'm gonna really gonna grow now mm -hmm. we're gonna we're gonna spend on marketing we're gonna grow that i've seen this i mean three four a number of times now and when you have a good year and you you want to just hit the go button uh you, you i've seen people add too much staff spend too much on marketing and without a financial plan to see how that might impact your margins and your cash flow and all those things. And uh, it's, it's a constant one. And I, I think it's part of human nature, right? Like you have a fantastic year, like, good, I got this, but you, I think, you know, one of the big things is that everyone should stay as lean as possible for as long as possible. And just remember the days of working out of the garage and what that felt like, but always remember that no matter how much you're making. I, I met this, and he might be listening today. Um, no names, of course, but you know who you are. I was at a, a very high-end event. Uh, it, the event was a lot of money. It was like twelve grand to get into this event. Wow. And I, I'm sitting there um, learning from this guy, and very interesting, but it was more for advanced sellers. Mm -hmm. And I see a person that was in my, um, uh, in my mentoring group, and he was in the first row. And afterwards, I went up and I said, what are you doing here? And he goes, oh, you know, I thought this was really, you know, a great conference to go to, um, you know, just to learn in advance. But I also knew that he was involved with all of these other things. Mm -hmm. Do you know his product hadn't even arrived? And he already had a bill, recurring bill monthly of over $3,400 a month in groups, masterminds all of the, and not including this twelve thousand dollar event that he should never have been involved with yeah. because it was really meant for companies that had 50 plus SKUs. Mm -hmm. but um that's just that, that's one thing too many shiny objects right absolutely yeah i mean every like every single dollar should return you something i think and and you should look at it that way 
as long as you can. Um, so every dollar, you know, if, you, if you're going to spend a dollar, you need to know what it's for, what it's going to return to you. Sometimes you, you, you spend a dollar to hire someone to help you so that you can you know, rest and, you know, but, uh, but if that conference was going to return money to that guy, I mean, yeah, that might make sense. But if his product wasn't here yet, was it gonna, you know? Yeah, it right. was his first product. So, I mean, that, that was the mm -hmm. problem with that. Okay. So trying to mm -hmm. figure that out, can you, oh, there goes my phone. It's dead now. Every, I'm telling you today <laughs> is the trifecta snowstorm, Wi-Fi going down. Phone is dead. Okay. <laughs> oh my gosh. There can't be a fourth. Oh, now Siri goes off. All right. Now let's talk about some other things affecting cash flow. Um, you want to start? Is there a list that we can go down that some yeah. people overlook? Yes, I've got a few things. Yeah. Um, should I start with the first? Let's go for it. Let's do it. Okay. So uh, along with what we were talking about, every dollar needs to return something. Um, everybody should be very cautious adding fixed expenses. And mm -hmm. that is no matter what size you are, no matter what kind of year you've just had or good, bad, all of it, be cautious with adding fixed expenses. This is where people get caught. You, you add the staff, you get a nice office, you have these subscriptions or, or not, and then the market turns and you're stuck holding a bag of a lot of fixed expenses. Whereas if you had not had the office or you, maybe you had a contractor instead of a staff member, um, then you can kind of adjust your, your cost structure very quickly. When the costs are fixed, it takes three to six months to fix them. And in that time, the market might have turned against you. Even if it's a short time, it can really put you in a pinch. So be so, so cautious. The brand owners that that I've seen that are the happiest are the ones that have the least fixed costs, to be honest. Um, life is hard because they work very hard, but it's not hard because they're worried about cash. I um, I'm one of these people that lease everything mm -hmm. uh and when i had an office i don't anymore but i leased office furniture i leased everything mm -hmm. uh, is that a, a a good strategy or is it better to wait till you can afford it and buy it no i think leasing has its place i think it has a, a strong place because you can take the cost of a bunch of furniture call it 10k 20k to fit out an office yep and then you can have very low monthly payments so that is something that I would do if I could. If I had an office, I would be leasing things. Uh, I've recommended to a client of mine to lease all their computers um, because, again, it's, it's a lot of fixed costs uh, uh, to buy something up front. Now, where I would say uh, um, you could purchase assets is uh, if you have a strong cash reserve, your strong fundamentals, the business is still growing, then I think it's okay to purchase some assets um, because leases can, you know, the asset would cost you 1500 instead of a thousand, let's say. Right. Um, but I have no issues with leasing. I recommend it all the time. Right. I guess what you have to be careful of. And uh, I, I was lucky. I went to this place in this little small town and they were talking about um, just small business, understanding small business. And they were talking about insurance and uh, and buying a car versus mm -hmm. leasing a car. Mm -hmm. uh, is it possible what you have to do in Canada to um, technically have a business, like when you're driving, to have it as a business uh, car? Mm -hmm. And uh, it turned out, and this is really important for anybody who's doing this, to stop and think, 
if you think you're going to slide in a car um, as a business expense and you get into an accident uh, somewhere mm-hmm. and you uh, you are on a business, like if you're doing a business delivery and you are not like in Canada, you have to have the signs on the card and you have to have business expense. Well, the this person that was talking was denied that insurance. Wow. You know, so it's just one of these things you think you're you're getting a business write off where this is not a proper business write off. And the other thing I'll tell you that uh, is very important and you're going to laugh at this. This is in Canada. So uh, my friend, no names mentioned, but mm-hmm. a very successful entrepreneur um, was putting everything on cards. Now, I put all my yep. PPC on cards. Yep. I put everything on cards because I get points. Mm-hmm. Well, what I don't do because of this is I never use it as a personal, oh, let's go on a family trip. Mm. So he went on a personal vacation using his points that he mm-hmm. gained on his business card. Mm-hmm. He got a $40,000 fine. No way. Yep. It was income that wasn't reported. And these are for business, like these are business points. So um, if it was on his personal card, that's not an issue. If it was on a business uh, uh, card, it was also something that was not reported. Wow. Uh, sorry, income not reported. And he got a $40,000 fine. I've never heard of CRA actually catching somebody. CRA, yeah. the Canadian tax agency. Yep. Wow. Yeah. So... Anyways, and th- and there's other thing. I was talking to Hafalabi, who's my business partner, mm-hmm. and I was just saying we've got a, a, a. And the reason why we're going down this path is mm-hmm. just to give you a couple of examples for anybody who's listening. But um, again, in Canada, maybe in the states, but uh, I was told, uh, and this goes back to that meeting in this little town about running mm-hmm. your business and running it properly. One of the things I wasn't doing was when I have an event, I. If, if I was meeting with somebody for a meal, um, I wasn't, I, I would just, I wouldn't put it in my calendar. Mm-hmm. Uh, if mm-hmm. I wonder now I put everything in my calendar, uh, what the expense was for. Uh, if I have the receipt, it's, it, you know, I put the person's name on it and what we discussed And, uh, for, for, uh, and this was really important. Uh, whenever I went to an event, I always brought, bring back proof of the event. So it might be the Uh, lanyard and that I keep it. So if I do ever get audited, I have that proof that yes, I paid 5,000 bucks for this event, 500 Mm -hmm. for this event. And they're not going to come back to me, uh, you know, with, uh, saying that this is a false claim. It's important to have the backup. Um, I, have worked with people who don't keep any of their receipts. And if the, if the government was ever to come asking, and this goes for, I would assume a lot of countries, if the government was ever to come asking, they have carte blanche to deny a ton of expenses, which would mean they would jack up your net income and take a whole bunch of tax money from you. Um, yeah. Gotta have receipts, gotta have backup. Yeah. And uh, again, I've been told that this is just being plain anal but this is, you know, just an old guy over the years yeah. having a little, like too many scares. Mm-hmm. But every one of my receipts that come digitally, Mary, uh, my my assistant, she goes in in the morning 
and she sends it over to the bookkeeper. Bookkeeper puts it into uh, into QuickBooks. Mm -hmm. uh, but we go one step further. We actually take those receipts and file them on Google Drive and rename them. Now, I know that's oh, an extra cool. step, yeah. but we just want to be better safe than sorry. And then you also, uh, when you get your financial statements, uh, you're going to, or whenever you get, uh, when, whenever you get your financial statements or if you're looking at your books, if there's no receipt attached, like let's say, for example, uh, free up, free yep. up might not sell you or send you your receipt. You have to go in and get it or MailChimp, you know, you might have to go in and get it, mm -hmm. but you still have to go in and get it. Mm -hmm. Or uh, like an audit might start three years later, you know, like 2019. Yep. And all of a sudden you're going back to whoever and they only store their invoices for two yep. years. Now you yep. got a problem. Definitely. Well, anyways, this is a long rabbit hole, but let's talk. But it's <laughs> let's a good start. one. We're going to help people <laughs> stop getting caught out. Yeah. You know what? Just, just been there, done it, bought the t-shirt. But uh, <laughs> what, now let, let's talk about something more relevant. Uh, you know, what's the importance of uh, getting money or, you know, knowing where your cash flow is going to come from before mm -hmm. you need it? Yeah, totally. So, so there's two ways we can look at this. I mean, one is, you know, just generating money through revenue. The other is, you know, equity or debt financing. So the, the big thing with any form of financing is to go and get it, go secure it about six months to nine months before you really need it. The reason why is because all banks and all investors, they don't want to give money to people that are in, in need. Yeah, They want to give money to people that don't need it because those, those people are secure and we'll pay them back. And so if you're, if you're thinking you might have a tough time period, six to nine months away, go to the bank now or go to an alternative lender. Now put your package together and go ask for money now. Um, and it'll be much easier to get. I mean, a lot of us might have just come off a pretty good Black Friday. Um, if you feel like, you know, the, the, the early part of next year is going to be a bit tough, now is the time to go make some introductions to some lenders, uh, send them your financials because they'll look good after Black Friday, hopefully, um, and, and go work on getting the money now. Because when April's tough, when you're trying to launch your spring or summer uh, and Jan, Feb, March has been tough, that's when it's going to be hard to get the money that you're going to need. Um, so that's the number one, huge, hugely important. So many people wait until like, ah, oh, shoot, you know, we have like a month of operating expenses left. Let's go find it. And the bank's like, oh, that's too scary for us. No, thanks. Right. So, yeah. Yeah. And, and also there's, there's money around, uh, I mean, locally you could check out your economic development, uh, center, yeah, uh, you know, there, there are government, uh, state and federal, mm -hmm. uh, either grants possibly mm -hmm. and to get a grant it's a little bit different you might want to get somebody that knows how to write yeah. uh, and, and get that grant for you but there is money around and you just have to make sure that you use it for the proper things uh, I'm one that uh, I've got money before uh, not free money you have to pay it back at some point um, but you have to pay it back the right way or you have to make sure you spend it the right way and unfortunately i didn't i got stuck and now you start mm. scrambling and now you have a lot of credit card debt which you don't want to have no. uh you know but that was the way i could pay things back so all of a yep. sudden you know, 19 to 29 percent you're paying every month because you were foolish with your money so and, and that was tough because uh i ended up 
I think, I think it was about $3,000 a month in interest. Wow. Just trying to pay off this snag that I had. It was learning. It was learning. <laughs> well, and it's, it's, yeah, I've seen it a, a number of times. Um, and in fact, like, you know, what happens when, if you wait too long is the price of the money that you're going to get, it goes up the longer you wait to get it. So I've seen somebody recently take something for like 50% APR and they're just in a bind and they, they need to get inventory on the way for spring. And so the money's cost them 50%. Yeah. Um, so don't wait. The better your financials look, the cheaper the money is. Yeah, exactly. And it, it's so important. Like if you're on a decline, it's a whole different story than yeah. when, when you're, you know, totally. when you're making it. And you also talked about the package, presenting the package. Yeah. Mm -hmm. What is the package? Good question. So banks love it when you have a nice little tidy package. And I'll, I'll explain what's in it. And the reason you make one is because you look like a genius. And so here's what, here's what goes in it. Um, so you're going to have all your financials from your accountant three years uh, backwards. So your notice reader, review engagements, those things from your accountant, put them in a little, you can just use a Google Drive and have a few folders. So the financials folder is going to be your last three years of financial statements and tax returns. And then you're going to add in there your interim statements into that folder. The next folder is going to be called the corporate folder. You will add your, your certificate of incorporation, your um, articles of incorporation, just any of that background on, on who the corporation is like legally. Uh, if you have uh, investors, you're going to put in your shareholder, uh, your, your, your uh, share certificates, uh, your, your, the table. You'll put in things like, uh, are there any um, holding companies or parent companies that are in there? So put all that stuff in the corporate folder. Uh, your, your third folder will be just kind of, um, uh, if you have a forecast, you'll put it in there, put the forecast in, um, you'll put any sort of marketing kind of business like information. So here's where we've been, here's where we're going, or here's a new product, things like that. And then, uh, the last thing you're going to want to have is a, a memo. The memo is going to be from you to the bank or the funder. You don't have to know who it is just yet. What the memo is going to do is it's going to just summarize all these things. Context, you know, first section context. We're looking for this much money for this sort of purpose or and this much money for this sort of purpose. Just put a little bit of context in there. Background of the company. Here's where we've been. Here's where we're going. Um, and the next section will be key metrics about your business. Gross margin, customer acquisition cost, LTV. Any of those metrics that look make you look really good. Put them in that section. Explain why they're important. Explain why it means you're worth giving money to. Um, and then um, that's probably the basics. Uh, oh, the last section on, on the memo. Input of some risks and mitigations in there. So look, next year we face this sort of risk, and here's how we're going to mitigate it. And anyway, when you have a memo like this and you go to a bank with a data room, you just send them the link. They can go in there and get all the information that they need. There's going to be more questions, but you mm -hmm. look like a genius and you're making the banker's life very easy. You know what the banker wants, right? They want their commission as easy as they can get it. So the easier it is you make them, the, the better the better money you're going to be able to find. Very good. I, I was lucky when I was uh, 
I think this was in the 2000s. Um, yeah, it was it was around 2005, mm -hmm. 2006, seven. I was able to sit down with uh, a, a very well-known uh, business guy. And uh, he allowed me, and I don't know why, but to sit in because he was always getting pitched by mm -hmm. all these companies. And he would invest in a variety of these companies. But he let me sit in <clears throat> on these pitches. And then afterwards, and this went on for months, he would come back and say, okay, what'd you like about it? Why should I not do it? And he'd be asking me these questions. And all of a cool. sudden, I'm sitting in these rooms, listening to these pitches going, are you an idiot? <laughs> like, <laughs> why, why are you coming here pitching this when you yeah. don't know? And these are the questions totally. that you, you have to answer. Like, how much money do you want? I don't know. Yeah. You know, exactly. It, yeah. You have to know this stuff. This is, yep. these are the basics, but the amount of people that I saw come into this well-known, you guys would know this guy, uh, well-known known, uh, entrepreneur, and he has the ability to give you money to invest in your company, and you can't answer a simple question. Like an executive summary, like the yeah. guys that came in with books, yeah. that, that was like, okay, where do we want to start? You know, but the executive summary was just, okay, thank you. You know, mm -hmm. it's just a, a breath of mm -hmm. fresh air hearing exactly what a pe person wants, where they're going, the mar uh, paragraph about their marketing strategy, sales strategy. It, it exactly. was, it was, it was great. Yep. Yeah. But uh, anyways, it was very interesting. It was probably one of the most informative couple of months that I had was this, this guy letting me sit in and then telling him later, hey, oh, and by the way, mm -hmm. When we did this, like in some of the cases, uh, he would say, Norm, why don't you take this one? And he would be there. He'd be listening. Cool. And I'd be the guy asking the questions. So That's it wonderful. got me kind of fine-tuned on, you know, what, what to ask for. And uh, anyways, it, it was a lot of fun back then. So that's some of the most valuable experience I've I was so I've been on investor side as well. Yeah. I worked I worked for a private equity company. So uh, you know that's one of the reasons I can put a good package together for for financing because I've been on that side of the table. Right. Yeah, very it's just a very interesting thing mm -hmm. to see what they are looking for. Yeah. Uh let's see we're at the bottom of the hour. Uh I hope you guys are finding this really interesting. It's so bloody important that your cash flow is in line. We're going to get into some other questions in a second, but if you do have questions for Matt about cash flow, you know, make sure you throw them over. Um I know I would take advantage of this. You know, we talk about this quite a bit on the podcast, but take advantage of this expert. Uh everybody must have issues with cash flow at some point ask the question now we have a great giveaway today um so hashtag wheel of kelsey all of you that are uh, been on this podcast before hashtag wheel of kelsey tag two people and you will get a second entry if you've never seen this podcast before um this is what we do every podcast is we have a giveaway um typically it's from the uh from the person the guest and today we do have a great giveaway from the guest so matt why don't you tell us what we're doing yeah so the person that wins um I, they'll just email me or, or i'll get my contact info and i'll and i'll get on the phone with you for half an hour we can talk about whatever you like if you don't have an agenda per se i'm happy to come with one um but you get to pick my brain 
ask me anything you like uh, for half an hour and I'll give you the best information that I can. Perfect. And I can tell you from experience, talking to a CFO or a fractional CFO is not cheap. So this is no. awesome. This guy knows his stuff. So hashtag Wheel of Kelsey, tag two people and you'll get a second entry. And I already see that Andrew's in there. All right, Kels, a word from our sponsor and we'll be right back. I want to thank Jeff Schick Legal for sponsoring this episode of Lunch with Norm. You've probably heard on the podcast about Amazon suspensions. They're very real. It can happen at any time. And when it does happen, how do you get out of it? How does the little guy like you and me get out of these suspensions without paying an arm and a leg in legal fees? This is where Jeff Schick Legal is here to help. For a very low monthly retainer, for only $89, get access to Amazon attorney Jeff Schick. That's right. You can sit back, relax, enjoy that cup of coffee while listening to the Lunch with Norm podcast, knowing that you have an advocate and a partner in your business success. But wait, just mention Lunch with Norm and receive 50% off the first two months. Get the protection you need and visit jeffschick.com today. That's J-E-F-F-S-C-H-I-C-K.com. Now let's get back to the show. Okay, and let's get back to the show. There's so much to talk about. Uh, one of the other things, I, I might be skipping over something here, but it does have to do okay. with cash flow, is a lot of people get their profit and loss. Uh, they might get a balance sheet. Mm -hmm. They don't get a cash flow report. Mm -hmm. Now, it's so important that you understand when you're going to run out of money Maybe you need to do a, a flash sale because next month is going to be tough, you know, making up for whatever it is. You want to talk about that? And and the other question, so I'm throwing two. Let's talk about that. And the other is, why don't people get this? So I'll answer the why don't people get this first. I think the, the, the reason that uh, it's tough to understand the cash flows is because it's not really at all connected to anything in your income statement. Now, a lot of times revenue and cash are the very similar and expenses and cash out are also really similar, but they don't have to be. So net income um, is, is basically related to accounting standards um, and moving from accounting standards to cash flow is not always straightforward. Um, in fact, um, we're, uh, I have a team, my team is working on reconciling cash flows for a much bigger company right now and we're stuck. Even for, even for the experts, it can be very hard. So that's why people don't understand it. it it's not intuitive. Um, now, in terms of when you get your financials, um, and the reason you want a cash flow statement is you want to have some idea of how are your corporate activities, revenue expenses related to cash. Is revenue earned and then you get paid 30 days later? Is an expense incurred and you get paid 30 days later? Or do you prepay for an expense? Or do you you get revenue in advance you need to have a good understanding of, of those things because really if you don't know your cash flow is it's really tough to manage your business right so what i do for clients is when when i join with somebody i make them an income statement forecast a cash flow forecast and a balance sheet forecast and because we have those three things and they're all connected you let's say someone calls me and say hey i have an opportunity to sell into this type of retailer at this type of payment terms and my team will put it into the forecast and then we'll look at what's the impact on margins and cash. And so I can say, 
Well, if you do this, you need to go get money. Or is sometimes the answer is this is going to be fine. Just go ahead and do it. Um, but it's it's hard to make decisions if you can't see all the pieces. Got it. Yeah. If if you can't see this, if you can't see, how are you going to make that decision? Exactly. Yeah. So great point. Mm-hmm. I guess another thing that comes up quite a bit, uh, people. Uh, like marketing expenses, people might overspend or uh, I I think one of the things that I've fallen into is that there's a lot of really good salespeople out there that say that their, whatever it is, is going to work and it's going to triple your sales Mm -hmm. and it does nothing. Mm -hmm. Um, I spend, you know, different types of mark into different types of marketing. Sometimes I get horrible, horrible return. And now that affects my cash flow. But mm-hmm. let's talk about marketing expenses. How do you even uh, manage the market spend? Yeah, absolutely. So I'll talk about the best way to do it. Yeah. So, and, I, and I, the reason I say it's the best way is because it allows you to spend kind of whatever you want within certain limits, um, maximize your spend within certain limits. And I actually spoke with somebody from Viore recently. Uh, one of their international sort of VPs, and that's what they do also. So here's what you do. Um, You need to understand the contribution margin of a sales channel. And what that is, is if I earn a dollar revenue from, let's say, Shopify, what are all the variable expenses that I'm going to take out of it? So you take a dollar, you take out your cost of goods sold, so you have 60 cents left. Take out your shipping, 50 cents left. Take out your payment processing, 47 cents left. Now take out your marketing. What? How many, how many cents per dollar is your marketing? 25, 20, whatever the number is. Okay. So let's say it's 25. You have 22 cents left. And so that 22 cents left after all the variable expenses is left over to cover your fixed costs. Or if you've already broken even, it goes into your pocket after tax, of course. And so what I want people to do is come up with a, a minimum and a maximum contribution margin that you're willing to handle. So I would say the minimum is 20% if you want to grow aggressively. And there should be a maximum because if let's say your contribution margin is 35, 40%, it just means there's money on the table. You're not spending enough to acquire enough customers and there's you're just leaving a ton of money on the table, leaving lifetime value on the table. So I would suggest between 20 maybe even 15 if you're like a if you're no if you really know how to manage cash on everything. But 15 to, let's say, 35% within those bounds, your marketing agency should spend aggressively, right? Um, if it's up to 35, they should probably be spending more. Um, if it's hitting around 20, they should be starting to slow down. And the reason why is because um, the more you spend, if you spend and the contribution margin decreases, you're reducing your fixed cost coverage or making a lot less money. Obviously, if you have a negative contribution margin, every dollar you sell, you lose more money, right? So you have to know what your contribution margin is, um, and ideally by sales channel. Um, so that's that's the the best way to manage your marketing, and you can map this out weekly. There are some connectors you can use, Triple Whale, or you could probably use Supermetrics to pull a number of these things for you. Put them in a Google Sheet week by week. If your margin is twenty five percent one week. Spend more the next week and see what happens. If it stays at 25%, spend even more. If it stays, spend even more. Um, if it starts to decay, you need to pull back a little bit and, and figure out what's going on. Um, 
but that's that's the way to manage marketing spend. Okay, and those connectors you were talking about, mm-hmm. um, can you go through them? You said Triple Whale. Sure. So Triple Whale is a they're like a marketing attribution software uh, for e-commerce Shopify stores. Um, they will help you understand which of your ads are working the best. Uh, they Facebook. What's happened, as we all know, iOS has changed, and so Facebook can't track people as effectively as it used to. And so Triple Whale claims to be able to track people better than Facebook can now, and I think in some cases they're correct. Mm. But they also have reporting features. The reporting features you can use to take revenue and reduce, take out all your variable expenses and tell you what that number is on a daily, weekly basis. So that's Triple Whale. Um, Supermetrics is a, all they are, are, it's a connector. So Supermetrics would allow you to connect to your Shopify, Facebook, Instagram, Amazon, I think, and pipe that information into a Google Sheet. From there, you can sort of do the addition and subtraction for your contribution margin, sales, cost of goods sold, and all the other variable pieces. Those are just two of the options you can use. Well, I can't hear you, Norm. Helps if I turn my mic on. <laughs> okay, let's talk about uh, bookkeeping for a second. Uh, any tips that you can give to uh, any of the entrepreneurs listening? Yeah, uh, everybody should have a bookkeeper and everybody should be getting their books done monthly. Um, it sounds counterintuitive, but if you want to grow, if you want to get money, if you want to do something, you know, do something well, you need to have a bookkeeper and they need to be closing your books monthly. Why? Well, if you can't see what's happening in your business, decisions you make are always suboptimal, right? Your bookkeeper will close your books. They'll send you a financial statement. You can look at it. Am I profitable? Am I not profitable? Where is this all going? Is there a trend in what's happening? Is revenue decreasing, increasing? Uh, is, my, is my margins getting squeezed? Um, so um, you got to get bookkeeping now. And if you need money, either financing or equity, um, you have to have up-to-date books to get it. Uh, in the first year, first nine months, 12 months of COVID, I was out trying to help Canadian entrepreneurs access all the government support. So I spoke with probably 400 entrepreneurs. The majority of them didn't get money. And the main reason why they didn't, they didn't have up-to-date books. Hmm. Yeah, it's the craziest thing. And the government, various programs needed you to submit interim financials and nobody could. So by the time Jeez. they figured it out, they the, the programs were all closed. It's really sad, actually. Yeah, I, I did have a, a, and he's probably listening, but I have, a, I had a really great business partner mm-hmm. and uh, he lived, he was on the other side of the spectrum. So he, he literally, literally would go into our accountant mm-hmm. and he would have a shoebox. And I'm not kidding. It was a shoebox. Okay. And it was every receipt from throughout the year yep. and he would hand it to the, to the accountant. And um, uh, I would say, why do you do that? He goes, ah, I just don't have time to do it. And I said, but you like, it's crazy. Yeah, you, totally. You, you, and he, like, he, he thought I was wasting time, like uh, doing my thing with my books and this is all personal stuff. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. He goes, uh, I'll pay him. <laughs> okay, <laughs> go ahead, go ahead. But this is a guy, and you know who you are, uh, that would just hand over a shoebox 
And uh, I thought that was so hilarious that, you know, I, and here I am so anal putting in like on my personal side, you know, spending time every morning totally. or every Saturday morning doing my books, keeping yeah. sure. And he was, ah, but you know what? He's going to live a lot longer than me. Cause it was just, ah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, uh, you know, you can do it all kinds of ways, but I'm, I'm similar to you. I have a software that I'll, I can screen. Uh, I can like take a picture of a receipt throw it in the software, yeah. my accountant approves it and it goes into QuickBooks and it tags the receipt to the entry in QuickBooks as well. So everything's there always. Yeah. And there is, uh, what is it called? Dext? Yeah. Dext is one. I use HubDoc. Yeah. Both oh, Hub, I used to use HubDoc. Yeah. Okay. But the, this is uh, the beauty of these two. So Dext mm -hmm. or HubDoc and they go in, they have access to, I think Dext says about a, a thousand different uh, suppliers and anyways, your bank statements automatically get uploaded because I do that. I used to do it all manually, you know, go in, yeah. go into the TD, go into the Royal yeah. Bank and you'd have to upload them. They just go in, done. You don't even have to think about it. <clears throat> oh, the bookkeeper gets them and then you have a hard copy of anything that you need. Mm -hmm. Now, there are a lot of suppliers that they don't like because of the industry we're in. They don't have that, but you just upload the receipts. It's very easy. Uh, and I would, I've personally used <clears throat> both and both are great. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I, from what I understand, Dex has a bit more functionality to it than HubDoc does. Yeah. So I should switch over at some point, but yeah. And you know what? You're going to save time. If, if your bookkeeper oh, yeah. is doing this, uh, you're going to pay more than the monthly fee. Oh, hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. Of course. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So. Other, now that we started, that's a nice segue into other tools, courses, software. What are some other things that you could recommend? Yeah. So let's see. Um, uh, float, I believe it, Float is, is a uh, financial planning sort of SaaS. Uh, if you don't have budget for a CFO or it's not the right time, you can use Float. What Float does is it connects to your accounting. And I believe it connects to your bank. And it will sort of automatically generate a forecast for you. Now, I know an entrepreneur in, in New York, and he's it's a, they're doing multiple, like high seven figures. And um, he uses Float for his financial planning. He doesn't need a CFO for him. Huh. Um, Float is working out pretty good. And what you can do with Float is, uh, like I say, it connects to your stuff. You, Yeah, thank you. Um, and you can like hit a few buttons and it will just generate a forecast for you, you from kidding? there. No, it's great. It's really great. It can I've be never a little, heard of it. Yeah, it can be a little like, it can be tough to use depending on who you are, um, but it is a great tool. And um, then, so then you'll have like sort of your kind of base case forecast. You can use Float to create a couple scenarios. So what if I land this project? How does it look? What if I lose this project? How does it look? Or so you can use a bunch of scenarios. You can add staff in there to see what cash flow would look like. That's a great app to use. Wow. Yep. Um, QuickBooks Online, Zero, Dex, HubDoc. Obviously, those are your core kind of accounting softwares. Um, something for reporting would be would be important, right? So the financials are very important, but they're not the only thing you should know about. Uh, the contribution margin is one. Uh, your your CAC, your weekly ad spend, your efficiency, you should have some sort of software that can provide you at least weekly flash reports on the most important metrics for you and your business. Um, you could use Supermetrics and Google Sheets. You can use um, uh, 
Google Analytics, I think. You can use Google Data Studio. And you could use Power BI for Microsoft. And for all these platforms, they can be a little difficult to set up. But you can find people on Upwork to set them up for you and give you the metrics that you want and probably for under a thousand bucks. So um, those are probably the core things. Definitely use a payroll software. Yeah. Whether it's QuickBooks or Payworks or ADP, use something. Don't don't do it on your own. Uh, it, you want to automate the remittances back to the government, whether whatever country you're in. You want to automate the collect the correct calculations. Um, so use payroll software. Um, what else can I say? Project management's a good one. Asana, ClickUp, one of those things, just to keep track of what's going on, who's doing what, you know. But in terms of financial software, I mean. Reporting and accounting, those are the big ones. Okay, so um, Kelsey, Mary, uh, if we could just make sure that we get that uh, into the show notes as well. Those are all really great apps. Mm -hmm. um, I think that's probably the end of my questions. Uh, Kels, mm -hmm. why don't we go to some of the questions? I see there's some comments and some questions that have come in. Yeah, so we have one uh, question from Chuck. Uh, is there a reason not to hire a VA from overseas to do your bookkeeping versus a domestic bookkeeper? Yeah. Um, generally, there is not a reason. So what I'm saying is it, you could be fine either way. Hire someone from overseas or hire someone here. The only differences will be if you hire someone from overseas, it can be tough for the average business owner to assess someone's accounting knowledge if they're not an accountant. Mm -hmm. um, but if you find someone who's good, they're going to do just as well or a better job than a CPA from Canada. Um, it's just can be hard to figure out what are their skills. Now, if you use an agency, usually you should be okay. Um, but if you want to just find someone from Upwork, for example, you'll just have to have a good idea of, of how your books run. What are your SOPs? Um, what are your you know quirks of your accounting? And as long as you have those documented, any VA should be fine. Yeah, and one thing about this, I think that you have to make sure that whoever you hire, uh, domestically or overseas, that they understand Amazon or e-commerce. Mm -hmm. There's a big difference. Uh, and uh, anyways, I have a firm, and I've worked with them for years uh, in India. They're great. They're great. And they they have their entry, so you have data entry. So we mm -hmm. we every receipt, like I said, goes over to them every day. Um, they enter it, they upload it. And then what they end up doing is if I have questions, they have five levels of, uh, of, of people uh, of support. And it, it's great. Now they don't have, I actually asked them about this. Do you have fractional CFO? No, but they've got everything up to that point hmm. where if I have to go through, if I have uh, specific questions, that uh, a data entry person couldn't do. Mm -hmm. All right, let's go to the next level. If wow, that, awesome. they can't, they bring it up to the next level. And it's very, very inexpensive for what I, like the amount of work that I give them. They're mm -hmm. also doing all my invoicing. So I, they do it, I check it, I send it out. So that saves time. Now I do have the, the one thing that uh, I, I have is a family member, Hayden, who is the producer for the people mm -hmm. uh, as you know, if anybody's listening <laughs> anyway, um, he, uh, he does a lot of my bank work 
you know, I just, I trust it to him. He goes in, he just makes sure everything's okay. But again, if you're using Dext, that information should just go over automatically. Yeah. Um, that's my spiel on that. But cool. over here or over there, um, there are people um, that we have in the group, uh, like Lil Roberts. She's uh, another person that uh, that's in the group. There's a couple of others, but uh, I would, you can't do a business without them. You nope. have to have a bookkeeper. You do. Yep. 100%. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. And also you have to have a good accountant. Yes. Very important. Yeah. Two Very different important. things. Your bookkeeper is not your accountant. No, not at all. No, no, no. What's the name of your bookkeeping, the agency you use? Zendu. Oh, the one that I use? Yeah. Uh, the one in India? <clears throat> yeah. Lil's is Zendu. That's domestically. Mm -hmm. Coincidentally enough. Mm-hmm. Talk about this as a coincidence. My company is called Flat World Networks. Okay. Mm -hmm. Not Flat Earth, Flat World Networks. <laughs> Their company is called Flat World Networks. What? Yes. Dot huh. IN or Flat World Solutions. That's too I'm funny. Flat World Networks. Wow. And uh, if, again, if anybody wants any introductions, I'd be more than happy to um, send you, I don't get a, a, an affiliate or commission for this, mm -hmm. um, but they're, they're a good firm and they're for what I get, they're very inexpensive. They run two of my companies. Uh, I do another one dom domestically, but mm -hmm. uh, yeah, they do a good job. Cool. Okay. Hey, uh, yep. Now the next comment, uh, Chuck did say this, was kind of answered already, but I uh, just thought if there's any other additions to it, but Chuck is asking, is there a reason for hiring someone specific to e-commerce? Uh, is it beneficial or does it not matter? My opinion is that you want to have someone who understands e-commerce. Um, there's a few things about it, uh, where to get the data from, uh, what the data means, uh, where if someone who's seen Shopify, seen Amazon, they're going to understand, you know, how do you account for, uh, the, the reserve that Amazon keeps, that they don't pay you all the way out. They, they hold a reserve. They're going to understand how to account for that. They're going to understand how to account for all the various payment processing sources that you might use on Shopify. Um, uh, they're also going to understand where to find the data so that you don't have to constantly be looking for it yourself. Um, that's that's one. Of, it's just efficient. It's more efficient is what I would say. What about you, Norm? Yeah, I, it's more efficient. You get a better understanding of what mm. the exact fees are that you're being that, that are being um, sent over to you. Uh, it's just it's a better breakdown, so you understand mm. the fees. Because like when I started out with Amazon, the fees were so much less, uh, and I don't even think they broke twenty points like in the FBA mm. model. Um, now they're they're getting up there. They're you know 31 percent mm -hmm. mm -hmm. and. They keep climbing. If, where is the where are the fees? It's not just your pick and pack fee. And just look at your look at your um, uh, statement when they bring it out. There's a ton of fees, mm -hmm. and uh, I get those all in a separate line item. You know, so at the end of the year, I can see what what I'm paying, and it can also help you on, uh, if there's a mistake. So, anyways, I like that. I like the ability that my a bookkeeper understands e-commerce mm -hmm. and that they could just create certain line items that are uh, 
that I need to understand my business better. Yep. I'm with you. All right, Kels. All right. So uh, we just have one from Luke. He says, I have lots of questions, I'm sure, but I don't know what I don't know. So I don't even know exactly what to ask. <laughs> uh, and uh, Chuck also says, great. Thank you. And uh, there was a long, I, I saw one yeah, from Claude. That was about, yeah, that's not about um, today. Oh, there's uh, a phone going off. Um, but anyways, that was about the uh, HTS codes from Honey Worldwide. Mm. Okay. All right. Very good. And by the way, talk about cash flow. If if you don't have the proper tariff code coming mm. into the US, you could be spending it could be 35% extra on your cost of goods that you're you're wow. spending. And these are things that uh with uh, like understanding either from your broker or if you're talking to Alpha Lobby, um these are things that uh, can save you a ton. I know with my soap, I've said this before, I sell natural soaps, okay? Mm. They're cold process soaps and I was paying 17%. He took a look at it and he said, why are you not bringing this in as a Castile soap? Well, what do you mean? He says, well, yours is olive oil based, right? And I said, yes. He goes, well, that's zero. So are you Whoa. kidding? And I know, I like, I've been in sourcing forever and he just saved me 17%. Wow. And he did this, like these signs during the, uh, uh, during the quarantine, they were these signs, these metal signs that mm -hmm. were talking about quarantine and the guy was paying 35% and it ended up being an advertisement sign, which ended up being zero from 35% wow. to nothing. Oh my goodness. Yeah. So you might not like by going in and checking with your broker, um, mm -hmm. you, you might not get anything. The problem is some of the brokers don't know, you know, that you pay them to do this. And yeah, I, I know we found some errors and the brokers were really hard to convince that this was right. They were wrong, but, uh, it's always good to check that out. And that's one area when you're looking for, so you want cash flow. Talk to your suppliers, see if you can get Amazing. better terms, you know, see if you can, you, you can get 30 days rather than paying up front. Always. Yeah. These are things that you can do to get extra cash flow. But uh, one, one, if I may interject with one trick yeah. that I, it was well, not a trick, but um, I got a supplier from 30 days to 60 days. And what I did was I offered them a percent and a half more than I would normally be paying. And they took it like easy mm. now it might not always work if you're working with an overseas supplier but if you're sourcing domestically and they're like on the larger side and your margins are okay offer them a percent and a half for 30 more days and my supplier took it within three hours took took the offer right away yeah in the um incentive business this is not talking about private label business we had tons of different suppliers it could be cap suppliers pen suppliers whatever suppliers mm -hmm. and we gave them the title of the preferred supplier and as a preferred supplier you would be paid in we we stretched it out to 45 days but awesome. 45 days but you were a preferred supplier and that just gave us a little bit extra wiggle room with our cash mm -hmm. flow and it didn't cost us anything more it just gave us a little bit more time to play with money cool yeah anyways this is a i love talking about cash flow there's so many tips and tricks that you can do to um really 
kill it with your cash flow. This is where you level the playing field with your competitor. Yeah. This is where you get ahead of your competitor because they don't know enough about cash flow to uh, take advantage of it. And at the end of the day, who walks away with more money in their jeans? You know? Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. So I think, Matt, why don't we get your information? And uh, if anybody's interested uh, in getting a hold of your company, uh, where do they get a hold of you? Yeah, so you're welcome to go to my website. It's 8x.co. Um, you could also find me on LinkedIn. I'm very active on LinkedIn. So if you go to LinkedIn, just search for Matt Putra. You'll find me. You're welcome to connect. Send me a DM, whatever you need. I try to post frequently, and a lot of times my posts come from questions that I've received. So okay. if you have a question, feel free to ask. Fantastic. All right, so let's go to uh, last word from our sponsor, and then we'll get over to the Wheel of Kelsey. And by the way, if you haven't entered the Wheel of Kelsey, you don't know what it is. It, it's a 30-minute consult call with Matt. And uh, just hashtag Wheel of Kelsey, tag two people, and you will get a second entry. A big thank you to our sponsor, Post Purchase Pro, the only complete A to Z done-for-you real email and text marketing service built specifically for Amazon sellers. Post Purchase Pro creates all of your digital assets 100% for you from marketing inserts, complete sales funnels, email follow-up sequences, and weekly email promotions. They manage and optimize everything for you to drive more sales, get higher ranking, and receive more reviews on Amazon. So check out Post Purchase Pro now to see if you too will see enormous growth like their nearly 500 clients worldwide. That's Post Purchase Pro at postpurchasepro.com slash lunch. Okay, now I do want to ask before we get over to the wheel, uh, because as soon as we do the wheel, everybody kind of dissipates. So <laughs> while we have everybody's intention, attention, I did something the other day that was a little bit different. I posted something about going live on Amazon. And what I did is I took uh, one company, I took the owner and came on. And the reason why I did this, this is all on Amazon Live, is I wanted to show the passion of the brand owner and them talking about their products. And uh, Oliver came on, he talked about his products. I posted it in the group. I got um, a really good response in the uh, Amazon, uh, uh, during the Amazon Live, which was great. Um, I like to do that more often. Uh, if you guys are okay with it, uh, this is all part and parcel of this experiment that I'm doing, trying to build up this follower base um, through Amazon Live or through uh, any other social media channel. I mean, we don't we don't have a follower right now. I think on TikTok, which has nothing, and I think on Instagram that has it. You go there, it just says uh, Lunch with Norm Deals. But there's nothing there, nothing posted. And I think some have zero and I might have one on another one. But we're starting it fresh January 1st. We're going to pump out this information. But if you want to follow along, it'll be go to TikTok. But during these Amazon Lives, I love to have interaction. Uh, I don't have to have you go out and buy anything. I would never do that to you. But if you want to go and see what I'm doing and how I'm doing it and, you know, just... Uh, a bit of support would be awesome, but if you don't mind, I'd love to be able to put it into the group a few times. And if you see it come up, I'm trying to post it a day in advance or just as I'm going live. 
if you want to take part in it, that would be awesome. That would be uh, a ton of help to me. Like it was really great when I did this, we started having this huge conversation online from comments that were coming in. And I thought, you know, now this is engaging. Mm -hmm. You know, it, it's different sitting there going, hi, my name is Norm. And this is what, but when you have somebody and people talking back to you about the product and how you use it, that's awesome. So if you want, that's great. You know, if, if there's some negative about it, let me know. Uh, I'm a big boy, but I want to give what I can to the group. If this is a bit too much, let me know. If it's not and you want more, let me know that as well. Okay, let's go over to the Wheel of Kelsey. It's time for the Wheel of Kelsey. All right, here we go. Uh, we can't hear you, Kels, but you're spinning the wheel. All right, here we go. Um, yes, thank you everyone for entering the Wheel of Kelsey. Uh, we're going to shuffle these up and let's see who today's winner is. If you are the winner, please email me, k at lunchwithnorm.com. And let's see, it looks like Marina. All right. All right. Marina, congratulations. You are today's winner, so please email me, k at lunchwithnorm.com, and I'll connect you with Matt, and uh, we'll get you another that, Canadian. Uh, there we go. 30-minute consultation. Great. All right, Matt. Well, thank you so much uh, for, for being on today. I think it was really informative, lots of great stuff. Um, I hope I can get you back onto the podcast, because sure. just what we talked about was the tip of the iceberg. There's so yes. much more that we could have talked about, but... Uh, Thank you. If you don't mind, just stick around after sure. uh, we pull you from the podcast and I'll be right back to you. Um, you'll just go back into the waiting room. Okay, no problem. All right, everybody. So I hope you enjoyed our show today. It's such an important topic. The number one, the number one reason why people go under, why small business goes under is they don't understand cash flow. The more you understand it, the better. There are courses out there that will get you to understand your cash flow better. But even better than that, get a bookkeeper, get a real accountant, get somebody that knows how to help you out. Now, what you pay for them, and if you want, by the way, if you are about to pay for somebody, let us know in the group. And we could tell you whether uh, you're getting hosed or if it's something that's worthwhile, because sometimes you're a small business, you're just getting started. You don't have to pay thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars. It doesn't cost that much. And I'm telling you from experience, I have two businesses that are running uh, overseas that I am happy with. I get my information, I get my invoicing done. And this isn't even for, it is for Amazon, but I'm talking about a lot of invoicing going out to, um, uh, to different suppliers for my other business. So anyway, uh, thank you for joining us today. Want more great information? Don't forget to subscribe by clicking here. Also, if you want to check out our latest podcasts, click over here. Lunch with the, lunch with the, lunch with the.